plans. I wonder what that word evokes in you. Plans. Some of you are planners. So I say plans, you grin. Some of you are a bit more spontaneous. When I say plans, you cringe. How, how many are, are planners? How, how many are more on the spontaneous side? Now, look, I'm a planner, but, but let me throw the spontaneous people a bone here. Us planners, we like to look smugly and condescendingly down our nose at those spontaneous people around us, thinking like, how could you possibly achieve your potential in life without being a planner? Let me throw you a bone. Next time a planner looks at you smugly, you can quote Mike Tyson to them, who famously said, everyone has a plan until he gets punched in the face. <laughs> right now, uh, Louis and I are in the midst of a bathroom renovation. I'm not doing the reno. Um, that would be a terrible idea, but we've engaged a company to do the bathroom renovations. It's now the end of week two, and we long for having our bathroom back. We learned last week, by the way, that uh, two of our friends, Neil and Tanya Watson, when they did their house renos about six years ago, were without a bathroom for six weeks. <laughs> we are not worthy. So uh, the beginning of the process is they send in a few young laborers to, to demo everything, big demolition to start with, and the guys had demoed everything. We'd planned it up to that stage. The, the, then, then you just leave it with the contractor to just follow the schedule. And uh, so the demo guys come in, and you know, end of day one, I had a look at their work. You know, it's looking understandably like a, a, a construction site, or in this case, a deconstruction site. And uh, then they started uh, day two, the plumber comes in and he starts doing his bit. It's all going according to plan. And uh, I just poked my nose in there during the day. I, I don't like to do that. I mean, tradies really love it when you're watching while they work. They love it. No, why'd you do that? What are you doing that for? How do you do that? They love it. So uh, I like to do that. I like to hover around the tradies and ask them lots of questions. They love it. And um, we got to the end of day two, and I had to rethink about the plans that we'd come up with, particular uh, tiling uh, decision that we'd made, well, essentially I'd made and Louis didn't know anything about. And um, so I phoned up the, the contractor and I said, listen, uh, there's been a change of plans. And he's like, that's cool, that happens. You know, it's better to change the plans early in the process. And I explained what I wanted and, and he said, yep, no problem, we can do that. But it's gonna, it's gonna delay the process a day because we're gonna have to send the, 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 the demo guys back in and they're gonna have to do a bit more demo. I said, no problem, it's fine. It's been a change of plans, day it was lost, not a problem, cool. Two days later, the tiler comes in. We're up to the tiling, and, and he starts doing his thing. And uh, he calls me in to the bathroom. Mark, um, there's been a change of plans. Uh, we discovered that the walls aren't quite straight, and, the, and, and one side of the door frame's plastered, the other one's not, and, and uh, we, we, we can fix it, but it's gonna, it's gonna, you're going to lose a day in the process. Now, we'd already lost a day in the process from, from changing the plans on the tiling. And he says, Mark, there's been a change of plans. You're going to lose another day. Well, here's the thing. I didn't have a problem with the first change of plans, but the second change of plans, I didn't like that so much. And it's not necessarily because we lost the time, though we did, but we lost the time in both of them. It's because I made the decision in the first change of plans. I liked that. 
I got no consultation in the second change of plans. I didn't like that so much. One of the things about Christmas is we're reminded that God likes to surprise people. He's very good at it. What he's not very good at is consulting us before he changes the plans. I wonder what the phrase, there's been a change of plans, evokes in you. And I think it, it evokes a different thing depending on who's changing the plans. It also evokes a different response depending on whether the new plan is better or worse than the old plan. A couple of months ago, I was competing uh, in the Duathlon World Championships in Adelaide, and uh, I'd gone there early, uh, about five days before the event. Team Australia had functions, and you had to get set up, and I wanted to settle into a routine before the race day and all that sort of thing. So I went there. Uh, I was there on the Wednesday morning, and uh, Louis, uh, I've been to several world championships, but this was the first one that was held in Australia. So Louis, who, who's, who comes to, with me to the world championships as a team Marco, team manager, nutritionist, Sherpa, masseuse, uh, emotional support, all of that. She, she came as well, to, to, was coming to, to the Adelaide uh, World Championships event. Um, but in this case, uh, her mom, my mother-in-law and her sister, and also our little 15-month-old nephew, they thought they'd take the opportunity to come and, and, and support Uncle Mark as well. So it's pretty cool. Um, and uh, it's, pretty, it's, a pretty, it's not a very good spectator sport, triathlon and duathlon. It's like, Go, Marco. Was that him? 600 people wearing the same Australian team uniform. Was that him? I don't know. Just cheered everyone with the green and gold. Anyway, it's nice to have some support. And, uh, and uh, so we'd set up. So I got there uh, on the Wednesday, and these guys were just due to fly in at the end of the work week on the Friday night. Now, uh, I'm a bit on the, on the introverted end of the spectrum, the introversion, extroversion scale. I'm sort of a bit more on the introverted side. Um, so I didn't mind the first couple of days there. I had, had, had booked a, a two-bedroom uh, apartment right in downtown near the market so I could shop and uh, near a couple of good coffee shops. So I was all settled in, cool, you know, enjoying my own space, enjoying my own company. I had a couple of books. Um, but after two days... Uh, I was longing for some human company because the, the problem is I was in Adelaide and there's actually nothing to do there. So that was one problem. But even if there was, which there isn't, um, I wasn't inclined to go out and do the touristy thing because I was just chillaxing with my feet up getting ready for the race, do the you know, minimal kind of activity possible. Um, so, so there was that. Plus, uh, I was ready for some company because uh, this was a four-star uh, service department that I was staying in. No Wi-Fi. I mean, seriously, I consider Wi-Fi a basic human right these days, especially when you're paying for a hotel room. They, they said, no, we'll charge you per hour for Wi-Fi. I said, no, thank you. And so I couldn't Netflix and chill. Um, so I was there. So Friday evening, um, I, or Friday afternoon, I'd gone to the Adelaide Central Market. It's really lovely if you've been there, hunted and gathered, got all this great stuff ready for these guys. I knew they'd sort of were a bit out of their schedule, so I had a little, little 
late night suppery snacky thing ready for them, plus breakfast the next morning ready to go. I'd bought extra coffee supplies and everything ready. Fantastic. Louis finishes work. Hey, babe, just on the way to the airport now. See you in a few hours. The flight from, from Perth to, to Adelaide, you go with the, with the tailwind. It's only like two hours and 25 minutes, so it's pretty cool. And uh, they were due to get in, and, and they'd come and meet me at the, at, the, uh, at the apartment. Great, great. Get a text from Louie. We're at the airport. I'm getting blow-by-blow blow account. Drive me crazy. Go, we're at the airport now. That's great, babe. Love it. Love it when you keep texting me that stuff. Um, and, uh, and, then, uh, and then, oh, they've just called our flight. They've just called our flight. They've opened the gates. I'm thinking, oh, in the gates. Good on you, babe. You know, I'm running, I'm running out of emojis at this point. Um, getting a bit of RSI in my thumbs. And... Um, Hey, and uh, we, I'm now seated, seated in my, on my seat in my seat in the plane, you know, thumb up emoji, sparkly uh, festive emoji, red salsa dancing girl emoji, yep. And, uh, and then 40 minutes later, I get another text from Louis saying, uh, they're, they're, they're delaying the flight, we're, we're just going to sit here uh, on the plane while the engineers check things out. Now, I've said it before leave the engineers to take all the time they need on your plane before takeoff. Okay, it's cool. There's been a change of plans, but that's okay. We'll wait. Another half an hour goes by. Actually, they've canceled the flight. We've got to uh, disembark and look for us, uh, them to reschedule. Uh, there's been a change of plans. So everyone shuffles off. Everyone wheels around to, to get in line to the airport's uh, ticket counter back out in uh, Peasantville, and, um, and, and then you've got to wait. You've you, you just got to wait, and, and there's f- there was 300 or so people in front of them, and uh, they waited, and they waited, and they finally got to, to where they couldn't get a, a rescheduled flight, um, and uh, I got a text. Uh, there's been a change of plans. We're no longer coming to support you in the World Championships. Well, I didn't like that so much. I liked plan A. Plan A was good. Plan B sucked. God likes to surprise people. God likes to change plans. He doesn't always consult with us. Faith comes in where we have to trust that when God changes plans, that the new plan is actually better than the old plan. So I want to jump in the Wayback Machine and take us back 2,000 years to a, a moment in history where God changed someone's plans and changed them quite dramatically. Luke, a doctor at the time, wrote this account. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy... God sent the angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth to a virgin engaged to marry to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph, and the virgin's name, Mary. Upon entering, Gabriel greeted her. Morning! You're beautiful with God's beauty. Beautiful inside and out! Exclamation mark. God be with you. She was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel assured her, Mary, you've nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. You'll become pregnant and give birth to a son, and you'll call his name Jesus. He'll be great. He'll be called the son of the highest. 
And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He'll rule Jacob's house forever, no end, no, no end ever to his kingdom. Mary said to the angel, because here's the thing, when God changes the plans, the first question we like to ask is, how? I wanna know, I wanna understand before I agree. Sometimes he answers, sometimes he doesn't. I've never slept with a man. Well, chose to give a little bit of details. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest hover over you. Therefore, the child you bring to birth will be called Holy Son of God. And did you know your cousin Elizabeth conceived a son old as she is? Everyone called her barren, said she was past her use-by date, and here she is, six months pregnant. Nothing, you see, Mary, is impossible with God. And Mary, the teenage single girl engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, said, yes, I see it all now. I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. The next thing she said, someone ought to write it down and make this your life motto. Let it be with me, just as you say. And then the angel left her. The Christmas story should drive you planners crazy because it is a case study in poor planning. There was a lack of communication right at the beginning. The angel came to Mary, but didn't come to Joseph. Told Mary the change of plans, didn't breathe a word of it to Joseph. It's poor planning. What happened to an all-company-wide email? Just send it to Mary. Timing was a bit off. They weren't married yet. They were engaged, like, you know, God could have waited till they got married. Wouldn't have been as scandalous then. But he didn't. No, 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 sorry, Mary. Now works for me. It's pretty poor planning. When the time came to give birth, they didn't even have a room booked at the hospital. It's pretty poor planning. It's not like it snuck up on them. They had nine months, for goodness sake. The announcement stuck up, snuck up on them, but at least get nine months together to phone the hospital and say, do you have a room ready? Can I book it now? And wait till your water breaks to start looking for somewhere to give birth. It's poor planning. Now I'm a planner. One of my favorite lines from the A-team Some of you have no idea what that television series was about. John Hannibal Smith, the leader of the A-team, most episodes would famously say, I love it when a plan comes together. I love when a plan comes together. So do many of you if you're planners. But, but, But here's a warning leading up to this Christmas, and it's a life warning. Don't ever let your plans be so concrete that they get in the way of God's purposes. Because God likes to change the plans. He doesn't always ask for your consultation. He doesn't always wait till it's in your best timing. But we've got to trust that when God changes the plans, that His new plan is always better than our old plan. Mary, I know you are planning a wedding, but God's planning to save the world. 
there's been a change of plans and the new plan is even better. Mary, I know you were planning your kitchen tea, but now I need you to plan a baby shower. It's not what you had in mind. There's been a change of plans. But do we have the faith to trust that the new plan was better than the old plan? I mean, in this story, there's nothing to suggest Mary didn't want a baby, but she didn't want one just then. Nor did she expect the father to not be her fiancé and ultimately her husband. And this incredible man, Joseph, uh, his response is incredible. In fact, Christmas Eve, we're going to be looking at this story from Joseph's point of view, from hearing the news from Mary and then from having to step out into the public limelight to, to tell his family and friends in a small, tight-knit community that his fiance was pregnant. The message is called, It's Not What It Looks Like. I want you to be here for that. I want you to bring people. Because when God changes the plans, it, it might not make sense, but it's not what it looks like. There's always something going on when God changes the plans. And despite the lack of warning, Mary chose to accept God's plan over her own. The fact is, you guys know this, plans change. Junior, I know you were planning on spending every Christmas having lunch and opening presents with mommy and daddy, but unfortunately, mommy and daddy have changed some plans, and from now on, you're gonna spend one Christmas with daddy and the next Christmas with mommy. There's been a change of plans. Business person, I know you were expecting to walk in that particular job for at least another few years, and now you're putting your CV together. There's been a change of plans. The question isn't whether plans change. The question is, what do we do when plans change? What's our response when plans change? I'm just gonna throw three very quick little life lessons about our response when plans change. They all start with I, because <laughs> that's what I do. Uh, while you're out working real jobs, I sit around annoying tradies and come up with message illustrations that all start with the same letter. Um, plan for interruptions. Sounds paradoxical, huh? But, but plan, expect that some things are gonna change. Expect, expect that plans are gonna change. Don't be surprised when plans change. You might not have expected when they're gonna change. You might not have expected how they're gonna change, but always expect that from time to time, they will change. Plan for interruptions, plans change. But here's the lesson. Sometimes what appears to be an interruption, Mary, is actually an invitation. I got something better. I got an upgrade. Seven years ago, I got fired leading a church. I didn't, nothing scandalous. I didn't make some teenage girl named Mary pregnant or anything like that. God, God did. I mean, he still got his job. No, nothing scandalous like that. 
Um, anyway, but I got fired from a church, and, and, and the church that I, was, that I was leading, Louis and I, we went all in. We, we moved, it was interstate, we sold up here, we moved, we bought a house, we went all in, all in, no plan B. That was plan A. That church leading there, we bought the house, we thought we were gonna make the babies, uh, 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 buy the chickens, uh, you know, like it was the forever plan. Plan A, no plan B. And uh, a year later, the board of that church said to me, Mark, uh, there's been a change of plans. And I got fired. And it was incredibly painful, incredibly painful, emotionally painful, relationally painful. We thought about what we'd given up to go there, and now it had all come to an abrupt halt. Uh, we lost exorbitant amounts of money in, in the whole process. And, and plan A didn't exist anymore. Plan A got absolutely scuttled. Well, here I am today. This, this leading here at Elevate, this is plan B. So, you know... Guys, your plan B. Now, now, now you're my plan B, right? You're my plan B, but I'm pretty sure that you're God's plan A. See, here's the deal. I think about this all the time. I love leading Elevate Church. Like, I don't got to, I get to. You, you know, I was thinking about it this week. If I didn't lead Elevate Church, I'd be, I'd be trying to work with the board to, to help to get them to fire the guy that was, or girl, so I could apply for the position. Because if I wasn't leading Elevate Church, I'd want to be. This is my plan B, but it's God's plan A. You're God's plan A. You're meant to be part of a church that's being led by me. Yes, some days are better than others. I understand that. Not perfect. Look at me like that. Sweetheart, just because he broke your heart doesn't mean you're never going to find love again. Your plan B can be God's plan A. Business person, just because you got fired doesn't mean your destiny's done because your plan B can be God's plan A. And the reason why that's true is just because the plan's changed doesn't mean God's changed. Plan for inconvenience. <laughs> I, I bet this, this one, some of you, if you've been around Elevate for a while, I beat this drum incessantly. There is a myth that has been uh, put out in Western churches that to be uncomfortable must mean you're outside of God's will. That, that God doesn't ask us to do anything that's inconvenient, doesn't ask us to do anything that's uncomfortable. And if it is inconvenient, and if it isn't uncomfortable, must be from the de devil, certainly isn't from God. Well, here's the thing. It should have been a clue when you signed up to follow a guy who got nailed to a cross. There was just a little hint of inconvenience there at that moment in history. Tiny bit uncomfortable. Having a good day, are we, Jesus? Boom. January 3, we're uh, teaching a, a series through the month of January called God Never Said That. January 3, which is Louis and my 18th wedding anniversary. Um, and by the way, we will be here. Exactly. We'll be here. 
because we want to start the year with you guys. We want to start the year well. It's 2016. I was met up with Baden during the week. 2016 is going to be a whole nother level year for Elevate Church. And I don't want to be working on my tan down at Yelling Up Beach, uh, reliving. No, we're here. And uh, that day I'm going to be preaching about some things that God never said. That day I'm going to be preaching about God never said he wants you to be happy. It's a great way to start the year. Hey, have some guy preach to you about how God never said he wants you to be happy. Now, he didn't say he wants you to be unhappy. But what did he say? Well, see you on January 3. <laughs> Mary It was incredibly scandalous back in her day to be pregnant and unmarried. This was not convenient. But was she out of God's will or was she at the epicenter of God's will? I can only take this from people I know, but apparently during pregnancy, things can get physically inconvenient apparently. And for Mary, it would have been no different. She had to go through the whole process just like any other female who's pregnant, and, and, and that would have been inconvenient. A plan for inconvenience, and the final thing is we've got a plan for impossibility. Someone that gets my motor running. Because Christmas is a cosmic announcement that there's been a change of plans. And Christmas is a cosmic announcement that nothing is impossible with God. And we're both coming to the Christmas Day thing. It's just called Christmas Day. Uh, We're coming to Christmas Day. We're also coming towards the end of a year. And I know some of your stories, and I know some of your years didn't turn out the way you had hoped. I know some of you, they turned out better, but I know some of you are still waiting for the upgrade. I know some of you are still waiting for breakthrough. I know some of you have been wrestling with some health issues throughout this year, and you're still waiting for God to come through and take your health to a whole other level. I know some of you have been working on some financial breakthrough, chipping away at debt, and yet Sometimes it feels like two steps forward, three steps back. Some of you have had some relational hits this year that you didn't expect, that, that you didn't see coming, that, that weren't your plan A, that scuttled your plan A. Some of you have had some career hits, some business misses, some things go wrong. And, and, and I really feel God wanting to tell you now that as you cross over from 2015 into 2016, that the word for you to carry into 2016 from God is that nothing is impossible for God. If you've had a a, a plan A scuttled year, you need to write that down. You need to write that down somewhere super prominent. Wherever you look at the most. For me, it's the mirror. Wherever you look at the most during the day. Well, obviously. Wherever you look at the most. For some of you, it's your flipping smartphone. 
Wherever you look at the most, write down the promise from God that nothing is impossible with God. And when the devil starts reminding you about your failures, about the things that went wrong this year, you pull that promise up. The words spoken by the angel Gabriel from the heart and the mouth of God, nothing is impossible with God. I may have had health issues in 2015. I'm going into 2016 holding on to that promise. I'm crossing over from one business setting and I haven't yet taken hold of the next one. Feel like I'm stuck in limbo land, but I tell you what I am holding on to. I'm holding on to a promise from God that nothing's impossible with God. I'm holding on to my CV in one hand. It gives God something to work with. And hold God's promise in the other hand. You know, the greatest invitation that uh, Jesus ever gave was the invitation where he said, come follow me. And whilst he initially walked the earth, he said that to 12 hand-chosen, hand-picked guys who he wanted to, to start working with. But he's actually gone on to issue that very same invitation to everyone. Everyone then, everyone since, and everyone now. And he issues that invitation to you this morning. Come, follow me. And we wanna give you an opportunity right here, right now to actually respond to that invitation to Jesus. To, 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 to seize this opportunity that Christmas is, is not just about unwrapping presents and eating fruit mince pie, though we love all that too. It's, it's a gift. The greatest gift is, is Jesus coming. And then Jesus saying to you and to me, come follow me. You want a relationship with, with the Father, with God? I, I can give you access because I'm Him and I'm here for that. And so for those of you that have never actually said yes to that invitation, come follow me, I, I wanna give you that opportunity right here, right now. To, to say, yes, yes, Jesus, I actually do want to follow you. I wanna take that gift and I want to follow you. So, so in a moment, for those of you that, that wanna say yes to following Jesus, I just want you to quickly put your hand up. And then when I see your hand, you can put it down and, and I'm just gonna say a prayer for you guys from here. So if you've never said yes to Jesus' invitation, come follow me, just slip your hand up now. You know it's your time. When you, I see your hand, you can put it down. And then we're gonna pray. And I don't wanna miss anybody this morning. Something going on in your heart, something stirring, you're thinking, oh, this is, this is different. Yeah, it's, it's probably Jesus knocking. He's saying, come follow me. Don't, don't ignore that. Don't run from that. Just slip your hand up real quickly and you can put it down. You say, yeah, I wanna follow you. I, I don't wanna linger over this too long, but... I don't want to shut up shop this morning and you miss this window of opportunity either. Let me just look one more time. Let me ask another question. I don't normally do this, but there's been a change of plans. It's good when you're the boss, right? Maybe you're someone that 
once said yes to Jesus, to following Him, and you've kind of walked away from that. You stopped following Him, but you're here today. Let me ask you, is today the day where you'd say, oops, oops, started following you, Jesus, and uh, oops, beautiful thing about Jesus, the genius of Jesus is, is, is he'll give you a second chance. He'll even give you a third chance, whatever number you're up to. <laughs> if you're up to a number and, and, and you're here this morning, you, 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 you came here, you weren't following him, but for some reason you're here. How about you just take this opportunity to say, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. Just slip your hand up and I'll pray for you as well. We don't want to miss you as well. I'm not asking if you've been in church ever, last week, last year, but, but, but are you following Jesus? 